Welcome to um, another podcast organized by Latvian Transatlantic Organization before the Rio conference during October. And uh, one of the things that will be discussed in the Rio conference will also be Three Cs Initiative, which is a regional platform by 12 EU member states uh, located, as the name suggests, between the Three Cs, the Baltic Sea in the north, then Black and Adriatic Seas in the south. And the platform is for fostering cooperation and investment in the region, Central and Eastern European region. Um, my name is Gin Samuelinch, uh, Latvian public broadcaster, uh, international affairs editor, and I'm uh, pleased to talk with uh, Wojciech Pshibilski today. Hello, hello, very good to be there. Hello, Wojciech. Now, Wojciech is uh, editor in chief uh, at uh, Visegrad Insight, with, which is a uh, a uh, renowned uh, Central European uh, policy analysis and media platform. And uh, this summer, uh, which uh, co-authored uh, an extensive report about uh, uh, the Three Seas Initiative. Its name is Towards Three Seas Initiative Civil Society Forum with many experts involved there as well. Uh, so, uh, but first, I would like, before we dive into the report, I'd like to ask a bit about the Three Seas Initiative. It's quite a new initiative comparatively. It's been around for a few years, since 2016, uh, created and or launched by uh, Poland and the Polish president, along with the Croatian one. And it's informal gathering of these 12 member states. So what is it? Yes, uh, thank you. Again, very glad to be uh, here on the podcast. Uh, and the three Cs, the question about three Cs is, of course, popping up um, every now and then, actually every year when there is a summit, there is a gathering of presidents, heads of states. By now, not only from the 12 countries that participate in the three Cs initiative, but also um, leaders from the US. Uh, President Biden has been virtually attending the, the, the recent summit, addressing the the, uh, the participants in Sofia just, uh, uh, what, a month, over a month ago. We, uh, we have seen also President of Germany, um, uh, high-level representation also from other European countries, but also uh, global participants. Um, there, was, uh, there were participants from Japan, from Korea, there is interest in the three seas region because it is uh, it is offering uh, and its ambition is to 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 present it, the region as an investment platform as a, as a source of of win-win uh, for investors and for the region which is uh, quickly growing it's developing economically it offers uh, a lot of potential to to grow further within the eu at the same time, it highlights and it wants to address, um, you know, the, the, the well, on one side, legacy problems, on, on the other side, the problems resulting from uh, the number of borders uh, that, is, uh, that is still an issue in, in Europe. And the, the Three Seas Initiative region comprises of 12 states on a territory that for other parts of Europe may comprise just of a few uh, countries. So the ambition uh, of the three Cs altogether is to, uh, you know, bring closer, bring the union of the European Union uh, and Europe closer by increasing connectivity in transportation, in gas interdependency, and uh, in the digital investments related to the 
you know, newest telecom uh, technology. Yeah, the 5G, namely. Uh, now, does the does the Three Seas initiative work? I mean, it started off as, a, well, a political statements uh, by the presidency as a political backing from uh, the governments and the presidents of uh, uh, the member countries uh, of this initiative. It's gaining traction uh, globally, as you said, uh, by the US, uh, by other parts of the world. There is investment fund created already. I understand there are already a couple of projects at least who have uh, got the investment from this fund in the region. Uh, so uh, does it work by now, would you say? Well, it doesn't work uh, in all uh, dimensions that, that uh, uh, were hoped for yet. Uh, for instance, not all participating uh, states are fully participating. For Not all of them are on board of the investment fund. Czechia, Slovakia, uh, Austria are still hesitating whether to put money and um, invest, I mean, to join this investment fund, which is uh, created, which has been created on the basis of uh, public-private uh, partnership. Another element is uh, the, the question of, of the formula, how, how to ensure that the format is not becoming an over-bureaucratic structure. It, it is still a coalition of the willing, if you, if you may, one of many in Central Europe, um, but that it actually delivers, it is efficient, so it needs some sort of a coordinated mechanism, and there is a deliberation about how it should, uh, how it should be implemented. Then there is, a, there is another element, which is about um, you know, competition between different regional formats. Um, I don't think there is a, there is, it's a problem of overlap, but still, um, a lot of discussion needs to be devoted still to understanding for instance, what's the difference between the Visegrad group and the Three Cs initiative? Where they overlap? You know, where which competences are are there uh, matching? Which are competing? And there are other regional formats. So there, uh, these are a couple of highlights. Uh, one of the biggest uh, dilemma that we, I mean, we we write about all this in scenarios of what would be the future of of the Three Cs initiative in our report. Um, and one of one of the big dilemmas is that uh, in different countries of the region, uh, there is a different le level of understanding and and sometimes different perspective on the three Cs. Sometimes it's completely absent uh, from from the public discussion. So one of the biggest challenges to otherwise very promising uh, idea of you know even increasing the lobbying potential of the region within uh, European Union is to bring more attention and awareness and to bring a dialogue uh, between not only business and politics, but also civil society influencers uh, from think tanks, but also from, you know, from the media who could be involved in and, and understand uh, why this is actually um, being so much, you know, why is it so interesting for external partners and, and why it is not a partisan initiative as it uh, seemed to be at the very beginning, because you know, at the very beginning we had uh, Donald Trump uh, supporting it, which was already controversial. Uh, yes, indeed it was. And now I understand the new administration of Joe Biden is also uh, has endorsed it. As you mentioned, he took part virtually in the summit and uh, Secretary of State Blinken has also endorsed it. So there's American backing. Uh, now you mentioned uh, 
besides business and politics, that there should be more involvement of uh, media and social so um, uh, civil society, uh, which could be a missing block uh, uh, for uh, uh, for uh, for further development of the initiative. Uh, this is something that you kind of underline in uh, in your report of this summer. Uh, which basically says that to fully make use of these funds, the countries must safeguard the transparency of investment and uh, and uh, the civil society participation must be there in, in the governance. So is it missing now the civil society involvement? Uh, should it be there? And why should it be there? For a number of reasons. Anyone investing in a long-term projects, especially infrastructure projects, understands their need, the need for consultant uh, con consultancy with the civil society, with the people whose, you know, whose lives and properties are on the way of any linear constructions uh, going across uh, across any country. And we're talking here about roads, we're talking about energy uh, structures. So obviously th this is a dilemma. And so for this is for the most basic reason. If we're talking about long-term investment, multi-million, multi-billion uh, euro um, investment all, all across the region, we need to be serious about how the civil society will be involved in order to make these investments most successful. So that's number one. Uh, second of all, there is a problem of uh, partisanship that we mentioned at the very beginning. A three C's initiative uh, is to be, you know, uh, applauded for the ambition, but it didn't start in the most favorable environment. In a way, it's it's been very, it's been um, it's been initiated with with a lot of controversy around it at the very beginning because of the narrative that was uh, merged um, from Donald Trump. Um, you know, quite divisive language and so on. Uh, so today, there is a lot of um, work to be done if the platform is to be successful. And it's, you know, with rotating governments as any democracy have changing governments, you need to have a clear level of understanding and the continuous level of ambition towards this 3Cs initiative, especially that we put our own money on the table. And some foreign investors also require certain stability, so to say, for long-term investment. So we need to talk, and the best way to talk is to ensure that the media are not only you know presenting the reports and whatever, um, and let's say, delivering the news, but they are sustainable, comfortable uh, in the discussion on more long-term projects. So this is all about you know fighting disinformation, ensuring the media structures are intact and they are going to be um, uh, safe and uncomfortable with our democracies. The, while at the same time we ha we have issues with that. So in the report we also highlight uh, the dilemmas and. And the problems around that, um, just to name very shortly one more, um, uh, corruption, of course. I mean, all the watchdogs, all the legal um, lawyers dealing with corruption and also green issues. These are, these are uh, elements that need to be thought of in order you know, to have, a, you know, a, in a way, social contract right, with civil society and politicians to, to make this um, continuously promising investment. Uh, no, the, the three C's initiative looks very much for investments from outside of the region into the 
region, like from the US, Asia, wherever. Uh, so we talk about the long-term investments and you mentioned the investors need to be sure about their uh, long-term investments, uh, about their durability. And uh, also mentioned, well, that's where the civil society is important and the media is important. Now, if we talk about, uh, well, Poland is, uh, well, one could argue it's very much a driving force behind in, in this initiative. Is that true? Well, you could say that not only because of the political involvement of uh, President Duda, um, but also because uh, Poland, Polish National Bank, the, the Bank uh, for Economic Development, which is a it's it's um, it's a government-controlled uh, bank, has issued seven hundred over seven hundred fifty million euro um, as a contribution to the investment fund. So th this is really real money on the table and. And all the participate, nearly all participate, participating state also put their significant contribution. Now, this this Poland is um, well, you know, the Polish government over the past few years it has had its uh, quarrels with the Brussels, say about the, the media freedom and uh, and the rule of law, and uh, most recently also actually with the United States regarding this, uh, the TVN, the media law. Uh, uh, amendment uh, proposals and the US has uh, well expressed its dissatisfaction with that as well. Could that overshadow the Three C's initiative in any way, or or it's not uh, so much of a an issue in in, in long term prospects? Well, uh, let's cross this bridge when we get there. Uh, currently, there is a very dangerous initiative, uh, legislative initiative put forward and voted uh, in the first instance of the legislation process in, in the parliament, um, which is directly threatening the, uh, the media that, we, uh, that you mentioned, uh, owned by, today by Discovery, soon to be part of the, uh, you know, under control of the Warner Bros. Discovery after the marriage. And um, the political initiative from within the government, from within part of the government, um, as if uh, this regards the prospects of the of the larger partnership in Central Europe and partnership with the US, and they went full frontal in order, you know, to win political gain or to um, to damage the uh, the the institutions uh, that are not under control of the PIS government. But at the same time, uh, very interestingly, we hear we heard several times already from President Duda, who is independently elected president, so from the, coming from a popular vote, even though he is part of the camp, um, his words saying that, uh, in fact, he's going to, or signaling that he's going to veto such a, such a law, so it's not going to take effect. The quarrel within the governing camp doesn't, you know, doesn't sound like very optimistic and doesn't help, definitely, but I would say it's far from uh, getting over and and my if if I had a crystal ball I would I would say this law is is not going to be uh, at the end um, enacted. Now, but of course Poland is losing important uh, initiative points and it's losing time uh, where actually we could be moving forward. We could be moving on even with this administration. You have uh, you have mentioned um, of course President uh, Biden's administration uh, Secretary of uh, Secretary of State. Blinken uh, endorsing the initiative, but we should mention also that the Congress has a bipartisan uh, support and the 3Cs initiative is in the law um, 
of the United States, an important legislative package, element of the larger package, to um, uh, to to make our part of the world more res- resilient against authoritarian uh, influences, specifically Chinese, but not but not also not to not to forget and and, and to mention also uh, Russian. So this is going to stay, and it's a window of opportunity for us. That's we also highlight in the report. The time and the clock is ticking. That we should uh, do everything possible to to use this opportunity and 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 build a transatlantic bridge here. Now, in the report, you uh, you lay out four possible scenarios for the development of the four C, uh, three C's initiative over the coming years. Uh, now, if I, I'm just going to ask a couple of questions about uh, those, uh, the first two scenarios which I read there, I'm going to just put them in a in one block because they seem not yeah. too uh, favorable for the initiative. So the the one is uh, the one was that uh, well, the countries will continue to engage. Uh, to talk to 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 do summits, uh, but uh, there would be an, you know for in terms of synchronizing, uh, connecting the projects, there would be more to wish for. And uh, the another one is Texas of Europe, which is a very catchy uh, scenario by its name. Uh, so basically, that's going to be focused on each country individually to recover after the COVID crisis, and not so much of a uh, perhaps a co- coordinated effort. Uh, so, are these uh, realistic scenarios for? Uh, we have we have developed the scenarios and the whole report based on a couple of months of uh, of research, but also workshops and discussions with uh, policy experts, policy influencers from all countries of the Three Cs uh, initiative. Uh, of course, we haven't spoken with every uh, of them, but in fact, we we spoke with many uh, during very difficult conditions, COVID uh, times. Perhaps that's why it was also more feasible because you know we were zooming, we were using uh, a lot of these interactive uh, methods online, uh, creative design thinking on and you know collaborative interactive methods of developing common projects. So a lot of IT stuff involved in this, and uh, the uh, the discussion brought us these conclusions as uh, foresights. So these are not predictions; these are Mm, these are possibilities uh, uh, which are which are plausible, and we don't attribute some percentage points to to how they will uh, move on. Uh, currently, it seems that, as you mentioned, Poland. Uh, this was uh, the the latest developments uh, regarding the TV, the media, came after we released the report. But of course, we were thinking, yeah, I mean, there is a lost potential, and that uh, the scenario we call Texas of Europe can manifest itself when we have a lot of uh, economic power, economic uh, agility in the region, but politically we are weakened by internal conflicts uh, or these so-called illiberal trends that, that are not helping to, to, uh, you know, to, to attract um, uh, foreign partners and uh, our allies uh, to, in- to get involved more. So, so as we speak, these scenarios seem to be quite realistic can be even the, the starting ground, right? I mean, there we can see the very beginnings of those happening on the ground. But I I would turn attention towards those more promising and 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 also their prospects of of development. And it very much depends on the will and uh, commitment of, as I mentioned, civil society also, but also opposition uh, in uh, opposition parties uh, as well to understand that. 
there is, you know, there, there should be a consensus about some strategic foreign policy goals of the region. Now, there's another possible uh, scenario about uh, getting the EU itself more involved into the Three Seas Initiative. I understand there's some backing from uh, Brussels as well as of now for the initiative. So it's called the European Union Macro Regional Strategy, which uh, basically would mean it's kind of putting it under getting more involved into the EU programs. So is that, you know, you talked about overlapping as well and things like that. So uh, that seems quite a practical uh, way forward. Yes, uh, there is there is a political backing we have seen uh, previously from the commission of uh, uh, Mr. Juncker uh, as uh, he he visited uh, an earlier summit, pledging uh, his support. Uh, we have uh, we have heard uh, words of endorsement from from Germany. Um, Walter Steinmeier, uh, president of Germany, was. Uh, present at a panel, he was discussing the three Cs. We we have seen Greece. Uh, it, well, of course, if you look north south, Greece uh, isn't. You know, maybe he, it, Greece would would make this uh, four Cs initiative, but nevertheless, it's an, an essential component that that um, uh, uh, completes the, the the whole idea. And Greece uh, Greek um, uh, official uh, head of state was also present at the summit. So, um, so that that is indeed showing that it's gaining tracking. Importantly and very interestingly, uh, United Kingdom was also present. So, you know, after Brexit, UK is uh, seeking how to re-engage with European initiatives and three SI three uh, Cs initiative uh, was also very interesting from from the point of view of London how to re-engage with Europe and Central Europe in particular. Oh. What about uh, China and Russia? Does it have an interest in the three Cs initiative for its their own objectives? Well, um, from that perspective, from the perspective of the global competition between autocracies, democracies, you know, uh, uh, the, the the revisionist powers, as we put uh, in in the European documents, and and the US also put it defined those countries as revisionist powers in their uh, in their strategic documents. Uh, they've they've been pretty active in the recent years. It is expected they will be active still, especially China with the Belt Road Initiative that wants to complete its connectivity to Europe. And of course, it needs to go through Central Europe to get uh, the transport lines going uh, between Europe and, and, and Beijing. So China is seeking to have influence. We have seen the 17 plus one format but uh, unfortunately for China uh, and unfortunately for the region, it was unsuccessful. And I would say it's derailing. First of all, because no one knows what's, what's the added value there. Um, its uh, financial offer is less attractive than EU funds and EU money. It comes uh, most likely with political uh, price tag, which uh, in many Places in the world we've seen is not working so well for uh, for the actual economic and democratic developments, and uh, and we've seen uh, countries signing off uh, like Lithuania very recently saying, well, they don't need it because strategically the important alliances and investors are elsewhere. Uh, 
No, uh, all in all, it seems that uh, well, there is potential for growth uh, for uh, a three seas initiative region for Central and Eastern Europe. It's also mentioned uh, all around that it's actually one one third of the uh, territory of the EU, one fourth of the population, but only one fifth of economy. So there is place for growth. And from your report, uh, we understand that uh, for improved functioning and for this growth, civil society needs to get involved more well uh, we understand civil society not in its totality but specifically those civil society organizations formats uh, that are complementary to the goals of the three c's initiative and there's a lot around business uh, and sometimes this is social socially driven businesses that contributes to the growth and contributes to the um, yeah, resilience and to the completion of, of the goal of whole united europe from the three C's perspective. So civil society forum cooperation between uh, various forms of, of you know, non, non-economic primarily or non-political primarily activity is, is essential for this format to, to be successful um, eventually. Uh, Wojciech uh, Szybilski, uh, thank you much for your time for the discussion uh, to look into the three C's initiative and its various aspects internally and uh, globally as well. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.